this is David Meltzer, co-founder of Sports One Marketing. And if you want to learn the six and seven figure science to success and be happy, significantly increase your revenue and learn how to successfully build professional relationships, you should be listening to the Sell Without Selling podcast with my dear friend, Stacey Oberg. If you're ready to get out of your own way to follow the seven figure science of success, then welcome to Sell Without Selling. Tune in with renowned international speaker Stacey O'Byrne as she shows you how mastering relationships, achieving the proper mindset, and attaining the necessary motivation will catapult you away from failure and onto your journey to greatness. And now, here is your host, Stacey O'Byrne. Hi, I'm Stacey O'Byrne, and I get to hang out with successful entrepreneurs, business owners, sales professionals, and some of the top business influencers and thought leaders in the world. You see, I believe that it's important to learn the art and science of how to sell without selling, and that is the only way to achieve six and seven figure success. So if you want to be a success magnet, attract quality people in your network and significantly increase your sales and ultimately your success, then you're in the right place because this is the Sell Without Selling podcast. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sell Without Selling. I'm your host, Stacey O'Byrne, and today I am speaking with a good friend of mine, David Meltzer. David is the co-founder of Sports One Marketing and formerly served as CEO of the renowned Lay Steinberg Sports and Entertainment Agency, which was the inspiration for the movie, Jerry Maguire. His life's mission is to empower over 1 billion people to be happy. This simple yet powerful mission has led him on an incredible journey to provide one thing, value. In all his content and communication, that's exactly what you'll receive. He is a three-time international best-selling author, a top 100 business coach, the executive producer of Entrepreneur's number one digital business show, Elevator Pitch, and host of the top entrepreneur podcast, The Playbook. His newest book, Game Time Decision Making, was a number one new release. David has been recognized by Variety Magazine as their Sports Humanitarian of the Year, awarded the Ellis Island Medal of Honor, and most recently at the Super Bowl, David was honored as the most valuable philanthropist. I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. I'm so excited for you to hear today's conversation with David. This is going to be a phenomenal conversation. He has an immense amount of golden nuggets to share. And really quick, if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, or sales professional, and you haven't hit the level of success that you've wanted or needed, or if you're stuck and needing a pivot in your business and your success, or you just want more and you understand the importance of having a coach, inserting yourself in a group coaching environment or a mastermind environment to help identify your blind spots, increase accountability, and help with success strategies to take you, your business, your income, and your success to the next level. If this sounds like something for you, then head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. There's a quick application there that will lead to a personal phone call with me to see if we're a great fit for each other. David, welcome to the show. How are you? 
I'm amazing. This is my kind of show. So sell without selling is a motto of mine, as well as a belief system of mine. So I'm excited to be here, Stacey. Oh, and I'm blessed and privileged you're on the show. So I'm really curious, what really started out your entrepreneurial journey? Uh, Being poor. uh, (laughs) You know, I grew up with six kids and a single mom, five boys and a girl. And my mom, family, siblings, super academic. And for me to venture out in the entrepreneurial side, my father was entrepreneurial, but he left when I was five. I wanted to distinguish myself in one of two ways. One, being a professional athlete and two, being rich. And since genetically I wasn't born with all the equipment necessary, I think, or at least advantageous of being a professional athlete, but I learned I was born with the equipment that is advantageous to being an entrepreneur with a mindset, a heart set. Uh, the way that I think, say, and do, and work ethic that really has been aligned with making a lot of money, helping a lot of people, and having a lot of fun in my life. Oh, I love that. I love that. So I don't know if you're aware, my company is called Pivot Point Advantage. And I called it Pivot Point Advantage because when I had to reestablish myself in 09, I asked myself, what is it that entrepreneurs need? And I'm a previous basketball player, played basketball all my life. I was all Army basketball. And I got scholarships to a lot of universities. And for me, basketball and entrepreneurism were always the same. No matter what, you need a solid foundation. You need to be able to plant your foot and pivot so that you can find an advantage over your competition and over yourself, because I believe we are our biggest competition. So when I started my company in 09, I started it because the million dollar business that I did build kind of disappeared. And my listeners know the story. And one of the reasons why I was most excited that you're on the show is you had a very similar experience as I did, yet on a much grander scale. I mean, we're talking like hundreds of millions of dollars, yes? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, I don't think there's any difference. Everything is everything, right? If you have a dollar and lose it all or a hundred million dollars and lose it all, it still has the same impact in your life. To me, The greatest thing that sports had provided was the understanding of pain. You know, we deal with it all the time in sports, mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, and financial pain, to me, has never been a shortage of void, an obstacle, or a stop sign. It was really an indicator. It was an indicator I had a lesson to learn, just like every time I lost or got beat or some other event happened in sports, especially as a defensive back. You know, you you have to learn the lesson because it's going to happen. And for me, understanding that those lessons were indicators to move in a different direction, as you would call it, pivot. I believe and I've always believed that I really am blessed to be in the position I'm in no matter where I am at, but I'm pivoting or angling towards something better at all times, just like in sports, right? You're pivoting and angling towards something better. And here's the cool part is through that transition of losing everything, I learned that it wasn't just what surrounded me, the people, the ideas, the hard work, all the things that we learned, you and I, from playing sports, but it was that which surrounded what surrounded me is I had lost my faith. And faith is so important to me, regardless of whatever religion you believe in. I believe that not only am I blessed to be where I'm at, not only do I angle and pivot towards something better, But I actually transitioned my mindset to, I have faith that I'm going to end up somewhere better than that, better than I thought I was. Instead of thinking that there's obstacles, void shortages, corrosion, interference between me and what I'm always connected to, the light, the love, and the lessons that I've been blessed with and everyone's blessed with in this abundant world that we live in. That's phenomenal. I'm really excited you brought up pain. When I was in the Army, a sergeant told me, 
soldier, if you're hurting, you're blessed because that's a reminder that you're still alive if you can feel it. And that has stuck with me forever. So one of the things that I really wanted my listeners to get from you is how do you recover from that? I mean, I know my journey. I know my story. I woke up with 16 cents in the bank and I had the lifestyle of a millionaire, the bills of a millionaire, and I was a pauper in seconds. And I know my journey was all neuro-based, mindset-based. I mean, you made it. You lived the dream. How did you recover waking up and in the situation that you woke up in? And how did you rebuild yourself? Well, two ways. One, I took stock in who I was by my values. I lost what had made me. And that was these really strong values that my mom, who was a single mom raising six kids, had made us live with. You know, number one was gratitude. I lost my gratitude. My mom would make me go back upstairs in the morning if I didn't come home or go downstairs with a gracious attitude. It was like, you're putting a different mindset on. We're finding the light, the love, and the lessons. I do not want to hear why me one time, right? It's try me. So uh, (laughs) gratitude, forgiveness. You know, I had not forgiven myself. You know, I had always made mistakes, but I had stopped thinking that uh, I could make mistakes. And I was always uh, a forgiving person, an empathetic person, and I lost that. The third was accountability, which was to me the most powerful because accountability gives you control. I mean, people think I'm crazy. I tell them all the time, I'm accountable for COVID. And they're like, what? How are you accountable for? I'm not responsible. I'm not liable. But I ask myself every day, what did I do to attract this to myself? And what am I supposed to learn from it? And that gives me complete control of everything that I do. No blame, no shame, no justification, no waste of energy, time, and emotion. I'm strictly accountable and I'm moving forward to find those lessons of why these things are in my life. What purpose to move me or pivot me or angle me to that great something better, a better situation. And then understanding effective communication, not just in the sense as you know, as an athlete, as a leader in the army, that we communicate and inspire and motivate others. But I had lost the true inspiration, what I'm always connected to, allowing that to come through me for others. I I had gone through giving to receive instead of receiving so I can give. And I know there's a subtlety in wordplay there, but it's so essential to me to realize and to give credit to that which I'm connected to at all times, this unbelievable source of energy, light, love, and lessons that I allow through gratitude, appreciation, my values to give away through me. So I focus with great intent on receiving as much as I can. In fact, I changed the mission of my company to make a lot of money to help a lot of people and have a lot of fun instead of help a lot of people make a lot of money and have fun. It's receive first so I can give. And then from those values, real quickly, I created five daily practices and they just are simply taking inventory of my values every day, personal, experiential, giving and receiving, not being afraid of being a hypocrite, two, asking. I always say, people say, what would you tell your, you know, 12-year-old, 22-year-old, 32, 42, or 52-year-old self? I would tell me to ask for help. Be radically humble. The true humility in life is understanding and giving the blessings to others to make the investment in you by asking for their best, for their strength, and allowing them to share that with you so you could share it with others. So, I learned to ask for help. Third is just real funny. It's my formula, mathematical formula for luck. Attention plus intention equals coincidence. And so I am a student of my calendar, what I have planned, what I don't have planned, and my sleep. 
my tomorrow starts today at 9 p.m. because mm-hmm. I have a wind down routine. I'm a routine oriented person. My normal routine, adaptable routine. I fit into the military in two seconds. They love me. But the next thing is really interesting. The next daily practice is do it now. 100% of the things you do now get done. The difference between successful people and others is successful people get things done. So I ask myself, can I do it now? If I can, I do it. And if not, it goes into that calendar and I prioritize by what's most important. Then finally, the last daily practice that I started to exercise was to practice ending fear. You had mentioned earlier, we're our worst enemies. We're our biggest competition. Well, That primary and secondary fear is what gets in our way. That fear is what causes the corrosion, interference, void shortages, and obstacles from what we want. And so I make it a practice, a four-step practice of identifying, number one, what I'm afraid of, the need to be right, the need to be offended, separate, inferior, superior, anxious, frustrated, angry, worried, guilty. You know how much money I could have made if I didn't have those emotions involved, (laughs) if I would have got out of my own way? And still to this day, The only difference is they still come up. They rear their ugly head almost every day. I just get back to center quickly because I'm a ferocious Buddha now. I was always ferocious. I was like a little mule, the little train that could. But now I'm a ferocious Buddha. I, number one, identify when I have one of those needs of the ego, an ego-based consciousness. Two, I stop. Now, that's probably the most courageous thing that I've done in my life is in the middle of a conversation with my most significant others, I'm able to get out of my own way and say, shut up, stop. (laughs) Don't escalate or accelerate this in the wrong direction. And I've saved myself so many relationships, so much wasted time, emotion, resources, and money by just stopping. And then I've learned to breathe, a great tool, breathing. God gave that to us as well. Breathe through my nose, out through my mouth. I find my higher frequency, my center, my peace. And that enables me, what, to roll in the right trajectory, back in alignment with the values, the inventory that I took early in the day, the pragmatic procedure routine from being a student of my calendar, making sure that I'm prioritizing what's important to me, not creating void shortages and obstacles, or as you had said so eloquently, getting in my own way as my own competition. I don't do that nearly as long anymore. Notice I said, I don't do that nearly as long. (laughs) I used to do it for years, months, weeks, days, hours. Now I do it for minutes or moments. And I still wonder why, how can I teach this, preach this, live this, and still every day have to practice it myself? Yeah, we absolutely have to practice what we preach. I believe that how people do some things is how they do everything. And how they do the little things is how they do the big things. And I'm curious because I know you work with millions of entrepreneurs and I know your desire, your goal, your mission is to empower a billion people to help them live their happy lives. Yes. So why do you think so many entrepreneurs give up? Why do you think they fail? Why do you think they don't make it? There's two reasons. One, our senses, how we see things, hear things, taste things, smell things and touch things is completely faulty. The second is our memories are weak. So what does that mean? That means that people feel stuck. They don't realize, they don't have the capability to realize that they are growing and accelerating, that they're getting closer to what they want. So 99% of entrepreneurs quit before they're 25% of the way there. And then another 99% of the 1% quit before they're 50% of the way there. And they don't even realize how close they are. If you understand math, if you take into account faith, you allow yourself to have the faulty systems that you've been given. It's so easy to enjoy, be happy with the consistent everyday, persistent without quit 
pursuit of your potential, not what other people want for you. Because if you vote for what other people want for you, you're going to get that. Not what you don't want for you. Most people are really good at focusing in on what they don't want. And then they're really surprised when they get what they don't want. Uh, And so what I tell people is if you tell yourself, I'm only 20 years away from getting what I want, realize that you're not going to be halfway there if you have exponential growth doubling every year, getting closer twice as fast every year until your 19th year. Most people think you should be halfway there in 10 years. That's not how it works. In fact, that's how I built my community. I told Gary Vaynerchuk when he was helping me, I wanted two ambassadors my first year. And he said, number one, what's an ambassador? And two, why only two? I said, because by the time I'm 70, 20 years from now, I'll be the most popular middle-aged person on social media. And he said, how do you figure that? I said, because I'll get two people like Stacy, and those two people will get me two people every year. And those two people will get me two people every year. And yeah, I'll have 64 people getting me 64 people after five years. And everyone will be laughing at me, making fun of me, scoffing at me, asking me why I'm wasting my time posting videos and coaching people and speaking and writing books. But I'll stick to it because I don't quit. I don't trust my senses or my memory. I have faith. I have faith that I love where I'm at and I'm angling and pivoting to something better. I'm going to end up with something better than that. And guess what? In year 19, I'll be halfway there. But in year 20, 2 million people. That's what it equals. Year 17, I'll be, I'll be at 500,000 people, which is 25 or eight, year 18, sorry, 500,000. People would be like, oh, after all these years, he finally has some kind of following. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. I have 500,000 ambassadors that turn into a million ambassadors in year 19. That turns into 2 million ambassadors at 20 when I'm 70 years old. And then it's 4 million, 8 million, 16 million. Heck, by the time I'm 80, I'm Kim Kardashian selling face cream for 80-year-olds making billions <laughs> of dollars. Yeah, it's uh, Einstein's eighth greatest wonder of the world, compound interest. Love it. Warren Buffett, Dave Meltzer, and Einstein, that's good company. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I have a belief, and this is strictly just just my personal belief, that we're getting ready to see something very similar to what we saw in 2001, 2002, where there's this emergence of necessary entrepreneurism or reluctant entrepreneurism or forced entrepreneurism because so many people have gotten laid off, lost their jobs because of COVID. I also see this huge emergence of this entrepreneurial mindset, this business owner mindset, oh, I'm going to wait until we get to the other side of this. And I don't understand that mentality because if you wait till we get to the other side of this, you're not going to be around. So what advice can you give these people who are stuck in their crap right now and waiting for the normal, the new normal, as they refer to it, to end? And what advice can you give this reluctant entrepreneur that's, that, in my opinion, will emerge out of this? Absolutely. Number one, look at your capabilities. And your capabilities are three things. One, what skills do I have? Two, what knowledge do I have? Not only what knowledge, but who do I know? Three, What are my desires aligned with my personal experiential giving and receiving values? Why is it so important to look at those capabilities? Because I'll tell you, if you can take your capabilities and find where they're synergistic or supplementary to what's doing well right now, you're going to be successful. If you can find what's synergistic or supplementary to what's stable right now, you're going to be stable. If you can line your synergistic and supplementary capabilities to what you think will do well, that necessary entrepreneur, that lottery ticket you may hold. But it's all based on your skills, your knowledge, and your desire. These aggregate into a capability that allows you to effectuate what you want in your life. 
some people want to get going now. They want to take advantage of Zoom or some applications that are doing really well. Some people just want a stable life. That's perfect, beautiful, but align your capabilities with what's doing. It's easy to tell too. You know, when you find these people ask me all the time, how do I know? Go to the stock market. Look and see what companies and industries are doing well right now. Look and see what companies and industries are stable. And then go to your research and see which companies and industries have maybe been emotionally sold off so that they have a, a larger recovery. Or just see where your capabilities are synergistic to something new or supplementary to something new that makes you entrepreneurial stimulated and that you can change the world. I've always said, like, you know, as much as I save the environment and save energy and all the things that I fight for, I know who the superheroes are. Right, right. It's not, you know, the, the avatars that we, we dream of in, you know, the cartoons that do so well, by the way. To me, it's the entrepreneur. And I think more than ever, thanks to, you know, the Gary V's of the world and let me tag along and a few others that we're putting capes on entrepreneurs because it's the entrepreneurs like Elon Musk that are going to save the world. It's the entrepreneurs that are going to save our environment. It's the entrepreneurs that are going to give us food to eat. It's the entrepreneurs that are going to time travel, whatever it's going to take. But entrepreneurs are going to be the ones that do it. And so, you know, as much as we need doctors, teachers, and lawyers, unfortunately, uh, lawyers, but doctors and teachers, I think we're going to need entrepreneurs. Yeah. It's funny. I think you're the same affliction uh, to attorneys as I do. I see one and I sweat. <laughs> unfortunately, I am, I am one, but I, I'm a recovering one. I never practiced law, but I, my mom made me go to law school. She had a, a saying, doctor, lawyer, or failure. <laughs> I've been saying for over a decade that our entrepreneurs are our only stimulus package that exists. And I believe that wholeheartedly. So I'm curious. I have a belief that, that there's no difference between the air I breathe or the air anybody breathes. We all breathe the same air. We all have the same opportunity. I want our listeners to hear, how do you really seize success at the magnitude, at the level that you have? What's the difference between you and someone who has just created, and I, I don't mean just, but who has created a job for themselves, a solopreneur? How do you help them realize that it can be so much bigger, it can be so much more, and they control that? It's math. You know, I, it's math to me. It's three components of math. One, productivity. So I'm consistently trying to be more productive, including, you know, I have habits like finding four minutes. I've had a habit for years, since I was 25 years old, I'm always searching for five minutes of systemization of efficiency in my life, which gives me three days of productivity every single year for the rest of my life. Every time I can find, shave four minutes off the way I brush my hair and my teeth and my, you know, floss them, boom, there's three days a year I just gave in productivity. So math is really important about productivity. The math as well as accessibility. So accessibility, meaning how many people can I be accessible to, connected to, allow me to flow through and from to create an extraordinary abundance with, and then also how efficient, effective, and accurate am I in attracting or accessing what I want, right? I'm very mathematic about how quickly and rapidly and accurately do I get what I want. And then the final math is interesting. It's mindset math, which is about gratitude. Like, for me, finding the light, the love, and the lessons, how quickly can I get back to center? How much time am I not in resources and money and re all of these things that get in my way? You know, How often am I purely or cleanly connected to the greatest source of power, light, and love? I can't tell you how many times it's a one touch of favor that changes the difference in your life. And if you don't have that perspective, there's no difference in skills. 
there's nothing exceptional. I'm just the same expression of genius that you are, right? It's the difference is I beat people with math. And in order to do so, you know, I do enjoy the consistent every day. I'm a huge consistent person and I'm sure you are as well. I truly believe two minutes a day is worth more than two hours on a Saturday. As long as you do that, I believe in the zeroing effect that dieting is my classic example. I have so many friends, family, and they diet. And what they do is they diet strict for seven days, then they'll cheat. (laughs) It's that compound interest that Einstein and Warren Buffett teach so well. It's X to the zero is one, then X to the first on day one, X to the second on day two, X to the third. But you get to day six and you cheat, it goes to X to the zero again. You're back to day one. But if you just stick to it, which is why I'm a big fan of lowering the bar, you will get to X to the 30th at the end of the month where the person that cheated three times will be X to the zero and wonder why they gained weight, lost a little bit of weight or stayed the same. And meanwhile, you got this extraordinary, you know, success from doing things in an incremental, consistent, persistent way. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to ask the signature question of the show because I know that our time is coming up and I've got a couple more questions for you. So the signature question of the show is, what does sell without selling mean to you? Oh, it's providing value. It's the way I live my life. It's the 120 rule. So my focus is always on how much value do I have? I create a void for the universe to fill. I don't oversell, back-end sell, manipulate, lie, and cheat, trying to pretend I'm something I'm not. I simply test and practice how well can I articulate the quantitative reasons why you should do this, the quantitative impact it's going to have, and the quantitative capabilities, features, and benefits that align with that, that give you the credibility and emotional attachment that say, this is absolutely going to happen. I deal in a quantitative way. One thing that frustrates me is the cartoon character Barney, the purple dinosaur, because I believe too many people sell by subjective value. And so, you know, all that leads to is, I love you. You love me. Nobody makes any money. (laughs) The quantitative value of things. Selling without selling is providing value allowing you to have the intent that you're going to receive to give it back away. But it's all about how well you can articulate the value. And if you can, you can, you know, the famous close of selling without selling is, can you see any reason you won't want to move forward? And that's the question I love to get to. And I have to be a hundred percent confident, even in my energy, that the answer is going to be yes. I love that answer. Thank you. For me, selling without selling is about doing the inner work so that the outer will work. It's about showing up in service and also ensuring that that there is zero shame attached to being reciprocated for your expertise and your professionalism and your service to someone. That's that, that's, that's my heart. Why do you think so many people have judgment or feel shame in earning money and making money? Most people carry an energy of not being worthy. And so they don't like to receive. Everybody likes to give. We're conditioned to think that we feel good when we give. Uh, it's a natural thing. You know, when you give, uh, serotonin is released in your brain. The person who receives serotonin is released. And those who witness happiness in giving, serotonin is released. But most people have a problem receiving, including me. One of my biggest shifts in my life was to be able to receive. You know, I didn't always have to pick up the check. I don't always have to give what I have. And once I really shifted the paradigm to understand I can't give what I don't have, whether it's love, health, forgiveness, whatever it was, it included money. And so once I was very clear on my what, 
then I could apply a why to the what and feel 100% confident that, oh, of course I want a billion dollars because I'm going to change our environment. Or of course I want this $100 million because I'm going to solve childhood cancer. Or of course I want to. But I was lying to myself like most people. And I could articulate my why to help people with something or someone, but I never figured out my what. And it caused some interference on me being worthy enough to receive what I can and I'm capable and what I'm always connected to, this abundant world of more than enough. I love that answer. Thank you. So David, I'm very confident that our listeners are going to want to know how to connect with you. So can you share with them the best way to reach out to you? Oh, what a blessing. Yeah, I do free trainings every Friday. You can email me, david at dmelzer.com. If you miss it, the replays are featured on my podcast, on Spotify featured, Entrepreneur featured. It's one of the top podcasts now in the world. So it's called The Playbook. So you can reach all of those historically back there. Once again, I also have a text community that you can join. If you just text me at 949-298-2905, we'll connect on every level of all the things that I have going on. You, I give my books for free, exercises, guides. I got a five to thrive selling program for free, pitch competitions for free. I got books, playbooks, movies, whatever you want. Just reach out, david at dmelzer.com. I certainly appreciate the opportunity to use this platform to empower over a billion people to be happy. Stacy, what a pleasure it's been. Thank you so much. No, David, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being on the show. Your success is important to me, and it's also important to me to make sure that these episodes are valuable to you. I would love for you to do three things right now. First, I'd love for you to head over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. Head over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. Second, I'd love for you to hop over to Facebook. Hop over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. Let's hop over to Facebook, join our Sell Without Selling community. We have an immense amount of interaction within the group. We have a phenomenal community there. And then last and definitely not least, I would love to chat with you, get feedback on the episodes and find out any topics you're interested in to help make this more powerful and helpful to you, achieving the success that you've always dreamed of, desired, and deserved. Head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. And let's get a 15-minute call on the schedule. Always remember this, choice is a powerful thing and suffering is always optional. Get out of your way so that you can get on your way so that you can finally have your way. Thanks so much for listening and I look forward to talking with you soon. Whether it's mastering your mindset, communication, or success, we have more ways to keep you on your journey to greatness. Be sure to visit us at pivotpointadvantage.com for exclusive online training programs, success-specific courses, and more ways to connect to Stacy directly to help you achieve the financial success you've always desired, dreamed, and deserved. That's all available on pivotpointadvantage.com.